This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Happy Thursday to everybody on The Big Thing. We got some topics to talk about. Hey, you remember when Kathleen Kennedy said that Kevin Feige thing? That that was never a movie. It was never, that was a thing that people just kind of speculated was happening. It was never announced, despite the fact that Kevin Feige said he was working on it, despite the fact that the Loki writer said he was working on it. Well, the Russo brothers said that they were in talks to potentially direct it. So who's, who's, who's telling the truth? We, we don't know. Uh, we'll talk about that. Dune. They put out a trailer. I'm excited for that one. Um, and the other big thing is that Guardians, it's coming out tomorrow, or actually tonight, really. It is on point to make $250 million global. We're excited about that. But what we are really excited about today, Roxy Stryer has been talking about shrinking the show on Apple with Harrison Ford and Jason Siegel for a long time, man. And I finally watched it. I loved it. It's one of my favorite shows that I've seen in a very long time. Well... Krista Miller, who plays Liz on the show, she is just a delight. So awesome. Roxy and I got to sit down and talk with her about the show, the writer's strike, um, you know, her time. Will there be a Scrubs reboot? So many different things we talked to her about. And it's a really great interview. She was, I mean, she was fantastic. So that'll be on this episode as well. And of course, Roxy's going to give her TV picks. So that and more on this episode of The Big Thing with myself, Roxy Stryer, and the one and only Brett Sheridan. All right, let's do it. What up, everybody? Welcome back. It's Big Thing. It's me, Roxanne Stryer. Oops, there he is, Brett Sheridan. Very nice. Strike a pose, Beastie boys! Oh, yeah. Uh... This is the first show we've done together in a while. Three yeah, of where us. you been? Ralph's. Oh. Shopping at Ralph's. What are you buying? Bananas and eggs. Not shoes and beef. No. No. Nah. You don't sell that there. Oh. Yeah. Um, well, eggs. You're lucky. I found them. Yeah. We're on a shortage. Yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> High class living over here. <laughs> Eating eggs. <laughs> what kind of guy he is? Eating eggs. Not on my watch, not in this economy. <laughs> my kids are like, can we get eggs, Daddy? No. Yeah. So let me get this straight. You did a solo show last week because you couldn't pay anyone, and yet you went out and bought some fucking eggs for your family. What's wrong with you? Eggs. Hi, Rox. That was good. It's good stuff. How'd you like the line? Yeah, yeah. Still yeah. Stop this. Stop it. How did you feel about the uh, the live show? Some people say I'm a star. Oh, yeah? 
Did, did, was that your multiple personalities when you got home into the mirror? <laughs> Might have been. Yeah, what Might happened? Who told you to start? Just some people. Who's that? You know what? Actually, there was a bunch of people afterwards that came up to me. <laughs> you know what's so funny? I get so many backhanded compliments. Such as? <laughs> like, honestly, if you could just hone your craft, you would be a star. Wow. <laughs> Who said if that? you could just hone it in. It Christian said that. <laughs> I said it when you got off stage. I'm sorry. Um, no, but I, I, it was Kate. That yeah. said that? No, no. Oh. Kate texted me and said, you, you got a huge laugh, and I felt really good about it. That's good. Because of my vagina. Aww. Well, yeah. So this was <laughs> now because Brett and I are kind of like your big brothers, mm-hmm. we got a bone to pick. Oh. Yeah. You wish I hadn't talked about my vagina. No, it was hilarious. <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely hilarious. Um, and if you want to see Roxy talking about her vagina and other things, you can make sure you can go. You can still available. The replay for the entire live show is up at thechristianharloff.com. Oh, so many people have been asking me about that. So yeah. that's where it is. Yeah, you can get it. You, just, you can either, if you're, if you're a member, any of the ten dollar and up members, you can see it, or you can buy it a la carte. Okay, cool. So yeah, um, but you can see that. No, no, no. This was it. So you came in smoking, coming in wearing the coming outfit. Yeah. So Brett and I were talking about this yesterday, Brett. So Roxy comes in. Tell me, tell me the story about the bag. <laughs> no. Yes. On no. the chair? Are you on the yeah. chair? Because yeah. I have Roxy's a bone to pick like, with Brett. No, like, no, let, him, well. let him tell no. it first. Let I, him tell it first. Oh my God. <laughs> no, she goes, I knew it. I where, fucking, can I, where can I sit? I where can I sit around it. here? <laughs> I go, do you want to sit where your giant bag is? <laughs> that, is what, that is what happened. Now let me tell you what fucking happened. Let me tell you what fucking happened. Here's what happened. Okay, I'm just going to say that it. That bag is bigger than you. Go ahead. I'm going to say it. You guys are going to disagree. Go I'm going to say it. You're going to disagree. Okay. I'm going to say it. You're going to disagree. Okay. This is going to get me in a lot of trouble. Yeah. I think that you sh- Spit it out. This is bad. Spit it out. I don't think that you should be a significant other in the green room when somebody who's performing doesn't have a seat. There was no seat next to you, Brett. There was a fucking sliver, and I put my tiny-ass fucking bag in the sliver. If I had sat there, I'd been on Brett's lap. And I said, Brett... I, I could try, and then you scooched over. But there were so many people back there. They didn't need to be there. They didn't yeah, there need was to a fucking be there. I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I don't I'm gonna mean tell it like you, that I'm, because... I'm, I'm going to tell you that I don't disagree with you. I just... I had a friend who came with me, and yeah. I said, wait the fuck outside. I, and, and that's... Yeah, but that's I'm not, not actually trying to throw shade at anybody. I know what but, you're saying, but listen, but, but, the one, but I will say this. There were people in there that had you... That had any one of us said... Hey, we're trying to get people like our. They they would have. Eaten, oh, no problem. Of course, but I shouldn't have to fucking say I it. I know, but people were drinking too. Yeah, I know, and I wasn't, and right. then people and that are always, even that's more That's always annoying. the worst. It's that's the worst. Always the worst when you're not drinking. Everybody else says, but I will say this: as much the outfit was fantastic, but but I'm, but I'm curious as far as <laughs> where with what we were wearing. Where did you think you were going? You, <laughs> you, were going? Uh, you know what? Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten times, I would wear the same thing. This is what I called stuff. Where did you think you were going? You've never I worn called, something like that to the studio. I called, <laughs> so is it on brand? Yeah, not on brand at all. I called Steph beforehand and I said, I everybody's going to be in jeans and a t-shirt tonight and yeah. I want to look like a fucking rock star. You're and trying she, to outshine everybody. Yeah. I wore my nice shirt. <laughs> so, yeah, I said, I want to look fucking amazing. Because yeah. also, like, I, 
what am I doing recently? I've got no, you guys like, you remember, you go home to your loving families. Mm-hmm. I go home to nothing. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to look fucking dope and I'm going to get some attention and I'm going to go home and then I'm going to cry in a corner. Oh, but at least I'm going to look fucking silky. And well, I did you definitely, look silky. You definitely look silky. There's no doubt about it. But yet you had to, well, it's funny. You had to sacrifice having a great seat because you didn't want to flash everybody the goods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, you got a good laugh out of it because of I it. did. I so did. There you go. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks right. for noticing. Nice job. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I still think, you know. There's... You think I'm going to get a lot of heat for that? I know that our friends had their people back there to, for support. But I, I, just... I understand. I think that there is, but it's also, you know, for Green Room, and as, as it was the first show, people will know that, it, I mean, look, the. The good news is the New York Comedy Club, which I love, they have a stamp, the Stanford room. There's a, a new green room that is apparently pretty big. The one in New York, it's like a, it's, oh. it's, it's not a, it's not a green room. It's, a, it's, it's, just, it's, it's, it's a janitor's closet. Yeah. If yeah. somebody wants to come back and like say like, have a good show and then leave. Yeah. Great. But just sitting there. Remember like, also. Koi didn't have a seat the whole fucking time. Right. The whole fucking time. And I'm like. Koi is in the show. (laughs) Right. Koi can't sit down. And I out loud, very loudly, passive aggressively, probably more aggressive than passively said, Koi, do you want to sit? I can get up for you if you need. I know you're going to be on stage soon. (laughs) And there's multiple people in the green room who don't need to be there. And none of them are offering. And I'm like, this is fucking rude. Yeah. All right. Well, look. I, I I think I mean you're coming in hot on this one. I know, I, I know because I love the people that I, were in I, there. I, I love that. I understand them. where you're coming from. I understand where you're coming from. And I think that it's also because it's the first show. I think that in the future it's also incumbent to me. I was trying to deal with a different a lot of different things at the time, but I I could also say, Hey, if you're not part of the show, if everybody yeah, can yeah. hit the showroom and but I'll do that stand. next time. And let, like Koi was working. Yeah. And he said nothing because he's, he's not Koi. a cunt like me, but like <laughs> I was just like, This guy cannot sit. All right. That's not cool. I know. I, look, I get it. But nonetheless, it was a fun show. It was. We had a good time. 140 people in their room. That's great. It was great. We had a good time. And we're going to be doing it again. You did, okay, let me ask you a question. Yes. That, yes, that bag was bigger than your body. Yes, it what? was. What? No. Yeah. I, I, I'll bring in the bag. <laughs> it's a big bag. It was a Star Wars celebration bag. It was tiny. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I could. You had to move. When I went to sit, you had to get up and because move. It was so big. I had, because of because what, of my caboose. Because of what you oh. brought up, I had to move several times because there was one point where I was in between a conversation where I was just like uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. You got and I that can, green room is fairly big. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. not, it's not no, a bad it green was room. big. Yeah. but there was just so many. There, like, were, I too many, there were too many people in that Wait, room. So, oh, let me ask you another question. Now that I'm in somebody the hot. kept farting in the bathroom. <laughs> Is See, that, that's is true. That true. Yeah, the bathroom smelled like that's, shit. That's where you have to but go. Far. But that's one of those things. So my favorite stories of all time. And hold your question. But it's one of my favorite ever. Is and I've told this before. I'll tell it again because I love it. I just told this story recently. Caesar's Palace. Dag, I've told you this story, right? Dagnino and I go to this uh, bachelor party. How old are we? Uh, twenty eight, twenty nine, something oh, like that. Days. So we get there and. The, I don't know if you've ever been to Caesar's Palace in Vegas, but the entire the bathroom is pristine. You can eat off the floor. So that's how pristine it is. We get in and there. Did you? No. Okay. But there's no one in there. And Dan Nino and I are hammered and we're taking a piss. And as we're taking a piss, I go, look, I go, oh, it smells like shit in here. <laughs> and from behind the stall, the guy goes, What the fuck you want it to smell like? Roses? <laughs> and we start crying. <laughs> Laughing, tearing, laughing. It was it was such great delivery 
uh, on so many levels. But your question was. Okay, here's my question. Just because I guess I'm going to take all the heat this episode. I'm walking out. Yes. Both of you are standing there. Sure. You're taking pictures with people. Don't know who. Don't, I didn't see. I see you guys. End of night? End of night. Okay. Like out of the room okay. now. You're in like a room between there Meet and the and patio. Meet and greets over. Meet and greets over there. You're taking a photo. Got it. There's a patio between, outside. Sure. I'm walking by and somebody yells, Diva. Who? I don't know. At me. But maybe they were doing it lovingly. Go I, fuck yourselves! Like why? you don't think it was, th- this is was what, it a male voice? You're, or a you're coming in hot today, by the way. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're, like, are I you pissed ve- off today? Something else oh, going on? No, I I picked her up. Oh, something else is going no, on. No, she's had a morning. Oh, so okay, I, so, I, you're, so you're 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 looking. Yeah, at, I was you're mad. Looking, I'm yeah. mad at you for bringing up the seat thing. Oh, you are the morning that she. <laughs> but Brett, it's still, as it as you know, as yeah, as you know, as you talked about, hold it again. As you talked about, I think with with Roxy last time. You said no, because I knew Christian. He'll bring it up. Why wouldn't I bring that up? It's a great bit. I'm right about that. See? And I'm right about this. I'm right about this. Let me describe my night to everybody. That night? So grateful to be there. It was so awesome. You guys at home that were there were fucking amazing. Meeting everybody afterwards was fucking incredible. Taking pictures with everybody, incredible. I don't have to do that right. i did chose to yeah i chose mm-hmm. to i was on the show for the three-hour show i was there for 15 minutes that's yeah. all i was required to be there and then could have bounced yes. instead i stayed after for over an hour talking to people because i wanted to yes. for all of that then all of a sudden i'm exhausted right now you guys know i'm in rehearsals um working on the movie that i'm in yeah. i'm like overtime. it's now one in the morning and i was like i need to go home for me to be walking out and somebody because everybody, other people still there, and somebody yelled "diva" at me. I was like, I actually could punch somebody yeah, in the face wait, right now. How do you? But how do you know that it wasn't kind of like, like maybe like diva, like diva? Woo! No, no. Yeah. They said diva, and mm. I was like, don't fucking say that, and kept walking. I was pissed. Mm. I didn't hear you it. You didn't hear it. No, you were no. there. You were there. I was too. there when they said it. Yeah, you were no, taking I a wasn't. picture. Oh no, I didn't hear it. I don't hear anything. Yeah, was it you? Yes. I'm sorry. Is that the point? No. Yeah. What if it was? was yeah, like, I'm trying to think. Then it would have been funny, right? But sometimes I do think because people see how we talk to each other, that they can mess with. Oh you. yeah. Yeah. If you had yelled yeah, at me, diva, I would have been well, like. But, but that's maybe that's my point. Maybe my point is that even though you took it in a way where you don't say this means I don't know you, maybe that they were doing it lovingly, not just kind maybe, of maybe. But it's with not. You. So I'm here to teach everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you, I mean, you, I think, you don't but, call but, a woman a diva. Fair enough. Unless no. she's being a fucking diva, which I wasn't. But now uh, I'm being a little bit of a diva. Yeah, a little bit. On the list of things you call Roxy and has been called. Yeah, diva's, diva's not diva. <laughs> you but, saw so my Brett, post this morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brett, Brett, tell me a little bit more about this bag. Yeah, it was. It was like it's like the bag your mom would bring to the theater with the popcorn. Go to the Y. <laughs> Go to the Y. These are realistic dimensions. I'm going to show you guys realistic dimensions. I'm just saying you are th- you are thinner than you, you – there was – It's a big fucking bag. Brett, I would have been on your lap. Yeah, maybe that's the point, Rox. No, I was I, – I could have given it a little scooch. My, my I had favorite, Steph on my right. Yeah, my favorite is when I brought it up. I said, Brett, what's his name? <laughs> Tell me the bag. He goes, no. I was scared. <laughs> I was also annoyed because it was late. It was dark. Well, there's and- – did I not say this when I came in? It was yeah. late. It was dark. And yeah. I had to park way further than everybody. Right. So then I texted being like, oh, fucking park, whatever. And and 
none of the guys said like I could walk you to your they car sure. or anything. And they, they should have. Well, why didn't you ask me? You know, I would have walked you because you were in the middle of doing an entire show, and I, I did it. But I'm just saying, I was annoyed with everybody in the room anyway. And then there was like other shit, and then I didn't want to have to sit on your lap because also you, my out loud announcement was because I want people to get up, yeah, and get out. Right. All right. I well, yeah. Look, not I not everybody. Not everybody. Just for a moment, yeah. Right. I don't know, poor Koi. <laughs> Which is hilarious, but I mean, well, Winston. You think I'm gonna obviously. get torched for this? Um, yeah, I, I wanted Winston to stand up. Yeah, Winston, get up and get out. Yeah, I think you and your Winston, broken leg. Yeah, you know, hobble around. Will you? You got, how are you gonna get stronger if you're sitting down the whole time? Come on, um, come on, Winston. Show a little. Give one of those little bikes that you yeah, put your on. knee on. Come on. I think I thought Winston did great. Crush, yeah, crush. did great. Koi, Koi did a great job hosting. There was a couple. Koi went dirty. Wow. That there was. I can't even say, say some of the things he the said. The thing he told at the end. So well, I was going to say something about he couldn't sit. He was. Dirty. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to see the again, if you want, I'm leaving the stand up portion of it on the on the thing. So if you want to check it out, you can. But like, there's a particular thing. At Koi, like, so Kate had just gone up. You had a great set. Kate had a great set. And um, Kate had just gotten the audience ready oh, to go. Yeah. They're ready to go. So Koi gets up and goes, I got, I got, I got, I'm going to tell you the heartfelt story or something dirty, whatever I, I it was. I screamed, heartfelt. You and- knew the audience was going to say dirty, and they do. And it was just like, and it didn't bring the the energy all the way down, but it stopped it and it, it turned the audience yeah, in went, a different, it, went to a different it went to a different place. It was, it was easy to get them back going, but like, it was like, no, no, no. Stick with the either the heartfelt or just bring or just bring me up. What I really fuck with about Koi though is that or fuck with with him like yeah, like about yeah. him. He's like it, if it works, if it doesn't, he keeps it pushing. Mm-hmm. He goes right like, holy yep. shit! I no, was so it, impressed because some of the stuff. Then somebody yelled, "We should have said heartfelt," yeah. and he made a joke about that, and I was like, "That would have crushed me." Like, good on you that you, Didn't you took say a that? risk. Yeah, I just went heartfelt. <laughs> <laughs> Change it up. It was good. No, but, yeah, it was good. But no, he he was he hosted the night great, right? and I had a note, a note with him just like, "Why did you have him host?" I wanted to do the Hall H type. Um, mm. did, did you want to host it? I feel like it could have. I feel like you could have too. Koi did a really good job with it, but he was doing a set and the thing at the end. He was doing both. And I think Steph and I could have hosted it. Mm. I'm not opposed to that next time. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not opposed to that. Where? Next time, New York? Well, next time, I mean, look, like I said, right now, the way it's, people are asking, how come we didn't get everybody in New York and Stanford? I ain't gotten the money for it. When we get a sponsor for the actual show, I'm invited. You're invited. Yeah. I, said, I said if you can get there and you can I'm do, you're, you're on the show. If you can get there, I just can't get people there. So we're we're working on that, and that's as as we're building out. We need to sell out New York and Stanford also in order to do more of these things. But um, all right. Anyway, listen. Before we do, we're gonna go. I mean, that's already. That's what I'm I love. Sorry. About, no, it's what I love about the Thursday show, and this is what people really talk to me about afterwards too. They like where we go into tangents. We have a lot to talk about anyway, but we'll talk. Let's do. One, we'll do one story. Um, I want to talk about this Russo thing. So. It's hilarious. I I talked about this after Star Wars Celebration because I just don't understand how if if you're gonna be if you're gonna try to be straightforward with the fans, be straightforward with the fans. Don't don't lie to the fans. And this has happened continuously. And it happened in uh, at the end of Star Wars Celebration after the announcements were made. There was an interview with IGN, and they were asking Kathleen Kennedy about you know certain things happening in the Star Wars director world and how people kept kind of dropping off here and there and they brought up the Kevin Feige project and she had said he was never really attached to a Star Wars film project and they didn't even ever discuss an idea which I said well that doesn't make any sense because they talked about Michael Waldron writing that script at one point Feige has talked about it also 
Well, this is from Dark Horizons that said at Star Wars Celebration earlier. G-Man. Yeah, that's right. The G-Man. Is it the G-Man? It's got to be the G-Man, right? Yeah. It's got to be the G-Man. Come on. If it wasn't. Yeah. Ah, there he is. Of course it is. At Star Wars Celebration earlier this year, Lucasfilm's Kathleen Kennedy said that despite reports, Marvel Studios chief Kevin Feige was never really attached to a Star Wars film and they had never discussed an idea. That said, it was just it was more than just speculation because Feige had talked about it in the past. Michael Waldron was hired to write the script for the film, which Feige would have produced. And now, new report has Avengers Endgame filmmakers Joe and Anthony Russo confirming that not only was Feige working on a Star Wars film, but they were discussing the possibility of directing it. Appearing on a recent episode of Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett's Smart Less podcast, the brothers were asked about future potential directing gigs, including Star Wars. The pair revealed that they were interested and already had to, had some discussions with Feige. They love Star Wars. They, there were early <laughs> conversations. There were some early conversations with us. Kevin Feige is a huge Star Wars fan, and there were some early conversations about teaming up with Kevin to do Star Wars. At this point, Feige's too busy to be doing Star Wars, and while it is clear how not clear how long it was in development, the film seems to be scrapped. The next three Star Wars films have already locked in directors. Charmin, Abed Chinoy, Dave Filoni, James Mangold, they're all set to direct new Star Wars films, and they're all stories set across different time periods. Taika Waititi's film also seems to have new steam with reports indicating it could film as early as next year. All right, Roxy, so you hear all of this. What's the first thing you think of? Uh, you know, I don't think I feel as, as definitive about this as you do for me, like, okay, I'm not in the room. So benefit of the doubt wise. And I know people really don't like her on, in, in this world anymore. And I am not a diehard star. I love star Wars, but I don't, it doesn't I'm matter not, to you right. either way. Yeah. Right. I feel like when, when, she, when somebody says, you know, we were never doing that to me, like. We talk about all different projects that we've never done. Yeah. And it's like sometimes we talk about it for two minutes. Sometimes you talk about it for hours. Sometimes you right. talk about it for days. Sometimes it's months. Like possibly it was not as realized or – but it does seem like more people were attached. Maybe she just doesn't want to fuck with the fans anymore and wants good cred. I, I don't really know. I think it's a lot of different things where it – comes to what do we do next we announced this they, they we were still working at collider when they announced that that's how long ago yeah. that, that, that thing was was put out there and it was it was put out there it was definitely a thing they had people talking about it apparently the russos are talking about it as well too my biggest gripe is not that it it didn't happen that seems to happen all the damn time now my gripe is like yeah we there were it, it went a couple different directions and it just never got off the ground so you know and, and at one point yeah we talked listen we were talking to the Russo brothers about it trying to get it off the ground it just never came to be so and if she says that you go oh that sucks but at least mm-hmm. at least she said it supposed I to I get where you're coming from never totally a thing. Yeah. yeah so and it just goes into the it's it yeah I'm, it's it's a day so it goes back <laughs> it goes back to the whole point of you know just it just doesn't seem genuine with because then you had all this stuff that was going on you hear all the reports with Lindelof I just talked about it in depth on 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 Jedi Council of Jedi Council I'm in thank you yeah wow this is all right just start it all we should should, the whole show from the beginning I couldn't have fit on the bench Christian I know hey this is gonna be like the rose and the 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 piece of the 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 Titanic thing could Roxy have fit on the stool that's what we're gonna figure (laughs) out yeah but there was all this stuff with Lindelof about what potentially happened, you know, about where his 
movie was set. It was supposed to be set like apparently sixty years into the future with a Helen Mirren. That's who he wanted for for older Ray. Um, then there was reports that that Obed Chinoy and him did not get along. So it's just another one of these things that kind of just just happened inside of the the Lucasfilm walls. And it's like I don't know. I'm not sure. But this this is the does it mean anything though, Christian? It means that we're not getting a Russo Brothers Star Wars yeah, yeah. movie. Yeah, that sucks. Um, that would have been fun to see, and I know that those guys do love Star Wars. I right. mean, they do. Like when when they came in for Civil War, and Ellis and I got to talk to them, um, which I think is still up on it's it's in the playlist on the interviews. What were you doing it for? Um, I think we actually did one for Schmoes, and we did one for Collider, and I think because because John Schnepp had had. Um, interviewed them as well but we we had them for they let us they, they kind of doubled up and we put them on the, the schmo show but that that that's one's cool. yeah that one's on the if you go to the interviews playlist on the, this channel i'm pretty sure that's still there but th- we talked to them a, a bit afterwards and we were actually going to have them come on jedi council because they're such massive star wars fans huh. like they're really big star wars fans so to get them involved but like i think what it really the reason the significance of it is I understand if Feige's not available because of how much even you let's say this thing was announced in 2018 or 2019 or whatever it was from 2018 2019 all the way now he he's been really busy <laughs> so we know that right yeah but if you if you're going to announce that I'm just saying or if you're going to if if it's going to get out there and you're going to confirm it that it's a thing cuz they all confirmed that it was a thing she that's the part one she's not telling the truth cuz they he, Feige confirmed it Waldron confirmed it. Everybody confirmed it. If you're going to even be in those conversations at all, you make that happen. Or you say, Kevin, you're, you're going to be too busy to do this. Are you definitely going to do it? Because if, you, if you're if you definitely going to do it, then we should do it. And, if and when def- you say, you're, you say, who's you, Kathleen? Yeah, when Kathleen Kennedy and Feige are having those conversations, it's like, look, if this is going to get out there at all, and if we're going to even talk about this thing, then this needs to happen because – the fans want it to happen. I think that might be a thing for her too. She's probably sick and tired of people going, Feige, we want Feige. Feige's gonna do this, Feige's gonna do this. And she's like, Well, I'm running this thing. Feige's got his own thing. And then I'm she she's wants to be the 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 one that people are talking about as far as the executive goes. And it's just, yeah, I, I just I don't want this channel to become, you know, like the just complaining about Kathleen Kennedy because like like I said, I think her business decision of putting Ray creatively not a fan of it, but the business decision is a smart decision. It's gonna it it's a smarter decision, a less of a risk than trying to go sixty years into the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I get that. Yeah. Um, but you think that creatively she's running it to the ground? I I wouldn't go that far. I'm not. I don't think running into the ground is fair. I think there are okay. a lot of people who say that. I I don't. I just think that it's a. It's. I think it's a. Um, there are some managers that works for certain sports teams, and there's some that don't. Yeah. And, and you don't want to be lied to at the very end. Of the yeah, day. I mean, yeah, that's part of it. But I think, but I also think that it's one of these. It's it's just I just think more like more transparency. You're going to gain more trust from from the audience, right? That that's part one. And part two is no, I don't think she's driving to the ground because I do think that there are. I think that this movie could make a lot of money. The one with Ray, so business decision thing you could do well. The 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 next one, the the Filoni one, if they do now. Whether or not this Luke Skywalker mandate thing of not putting him in it anymore, this is a rumor. I don't know how true this is, yeah. but there's a rumor going around that she says no more Luke Skywalker. If that's a, that's a bad 
decision, but I don't know if that's necessarily a call she made. Yeah, I don't know where that was coming from, but I heard it a bunch of times too. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Look, and that's I. I don't envy her position also because there's tons of stuff that is true, and there's tons of stuff that people just make up to right. get more people to to go after her, which is not a fun position to be in, yeah. and it's also not fair when people always. And this this is this is one that drives me nuts. They'll criticize her. To the, and every time there's a show that they don't like or anything to her, a movie they don't like, they go after her. But if it's a movie that does really well, she doesn't get or, any credit. They just say, well, of course, it's Star Wars. So then by that, nobody should be running Star Wars and anybody can just, that, that because someone even said that too, like, oh, well, it's Star Wars. Anybody, the movie can make a billion dollars. Yeah, but you still have to call the plays. I feel like she needs a better PR team. Yeah. Like whoever's her publicist, I feel like is not doing a good job putting out the good word about her. Like because kind of what you just said, you know, transparency or whatever. Like that takes coaching sometimes, right. and I know that sounds ironic that transparency right. takes coaching, but like yeah. explaining like this is what makes somebody more liked or whatever. That that is a fantastic point that has not been brought up enough because she comes off corporate, yeah, and the Star Wars fans don't want a corporate thing it's like maybe there's someone who can coach her through it be a little bit more personable you know to where it's like and say this is the kind of thing you should be saying when asked yeah, these questions right it's like here's what you can you can walk up to this line and don't get defensive over it yeah because it's, it's happy it's and I, I i wonder i wonder if she's paying attention to the comments because I, here here's what i said and i stand by this this is why i do i respect in her approach because she's not she doesn't care about what the hell we're talking about. She doesn't, <laughs> yeah. she, doesn't she doesn't care if I if if I think that the, creatively like she knows what the hell she's doing. She doesn't care. But she maybe cares. if she cared five percent more, mm-hmm. she, she could tackle it. If she better. cared about the audience like really like getting behind her creatively, then yeah, but I don't think she does. And I don't think she needs to. I think her number one priority right now is put a billion dollars in that Disney bank account. And she's yeah. gonna do it. And yeah. because that's how good she is as a producer. And I don't care. Well, she's not a good producer because anybody can do a Star Wars bullshit. She's going to do it. She's going to find a way to make – I do not blame her. The only one, the only one that, that did not make money is Solo. And I do not blame her for that at all. I blame Bob Iger. And I love Bob Iger. That's all Bob Iger's fault. Yeah, I liked Solo actually. It, but yeah, but, but I know, we, but I know. that's not well. the point. No, yeah. it made four hundred million dollars, and that's yeah, a Star Wars movie, and yeah. it's like, and that's because it came out a month after Infinity War, and it came out like four months after Last Jedi. It was it, 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 they they put her in a very difficult position, and she did the best she could there. Every other movie she made made a billion dollars, so yeah. she'll do it again. Okay. Anyway, um, let's uh, let's let's move on before we do that. To I want to get to a couple other things, but before we do that, I want to tell you about our sponsors today. We are blessed to be working with both Sunday and Athletic Greens. Let me tell you about them right now. We are very excited to be talking about our next partner here. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens every day. I've been talking about them for months. It's coming up on years at this point. For me, I take it in the morning. uh, As the day is getting going, I put it in a water bottle. I shake it up. Done. It gives me good energy. I've been talking about it forever. Brett loves it. Katie Sackoff loves it. Why? Because it just makes it simple. You just put, I'm not a big like vitamins guy. I like one shot, done. For me, it helps uh, energy, sleep quality. And I just never understood why would you take a bunch of different things? You can just take one scoop of powder in water once a day and you're good. It's a good life hack. It's really great. That's why I love and I trust AG1 by Athletic Greens. And so many of you guys do too now since hearing about it on this show. It gets delivered to you once a month. Very easy to make it a daily habit. 
I get the, the travel packs when I go on the road, when, I do, when I'm doing the, the Comic-Cons and things. It's so easy. You just take care of your body each day, and it's that simple. So if you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash big thing. Athleticgreens.com slash big thing. Check it out. And you guys know about Sunday. I've been talking about it actually for the last couple of weeks. And, you know, it's almost spring. Pretty much spring here. But it's almost spring. The, the weather's getting better. And for me, we've been working on the yard a lot. So we get everything uh, going. And my wife's a big, uh, she likes to make sure that spring and the flowers and new new stuff's going on with the garden. And we have this lawn care now with Sunday. It makes it very easy to enjoy. And it's the days are longer and flowers are blooming and you can spend a lot of time in the yard and it's really, really good. You can reclaim your weekend, man, reclaim your, your, your yard. Sunday's everything that you need to get the lawn that you dreamed of. If you go to get slash big thing and you enter your address to get a customized plan created just for your lawn, there's no trips to the store or hauling heavy bags since they, they ship it straight to your home. You just need a hose. It's that easy. You just put it on on the uh, on the hose, and then you apply Sunday. You can fertilize your whole lawn in less time than it takes to watch an episode of your favorite TV show. It's easy and it's affordable. Some lawn care services are for more than fifteen hundred bucks a year. Sunday's full season plan starts at just one hundred and nine bucks. Yeah, Sunday is offering our listeners twenty percent off these deals, guys. I'm telling you, full season plans started. 109 bucks, and you can get 20% off, but you have to use that code. You got to use getsunday.com slash big thing, and you use that at checkout. That's 20% off your custom plan at getsunday.com slash big thing. All right, thank you to both Sunday and Athletic Greens. We are so excited to be working with them. We love them so much. Um, and if you guys, I'm telling you, man, we only take sponsors that we really think the audience is going to like. So with spring coming up, or we're in spring now, um, make sure you get yourself some of that uh, kind of. It doesn't feel like it. doesn't feel like <laughs> it. But it's, I'm telling you, it works. The, the lawn's been looking great. And Sunday is amazing. You attach it to that hose. And Athletic Greens, I'm loving Athletic Greens. That's why they've been with us for so long. So check it out. Links are in the description. Before we get to our interview, I do want to talk about this Guardians thing because Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 comes out, I mean, tonight. Tonight. And it is on course to make $250 million in its global start. Um, all right. Pocket change. Yeah. Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It opens this weekend around the globe and it is reportedly on track for $110 million domestic opening weekend and a further 140 overseas. To put that in comparison, the original Guardians debuted nine years ago and made $94 million domestically, while the first sequel had an astonishing 146 domestic six years ago. Guardians faces the issue of the longest runtime in the franchise at 150, along with the lowest scoring reviews, which is still decent at 80% positive on Rotten Tomatoes. After a bit of a tepid start, advanced ticket sales have been growing and are at $26 million and building. In comparison, last year's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was at $60 million in pre-sales, a movie that went on to make $187 million domestic opening weekend. Um, okay. That's not bad. 187 opening weekend is pretty good. Oh, uh, to uh, Doctor movie. Strange. 
Good, a couple of different things on yes. this, Christian. Number one, I'm never I, – I just am never going to understand how they track these things. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy on a target to make and it's just like sometimes they're super far off. Sometimes they're not. But also calling 80% of Rotten Tomatoes decent is pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. Like I would say way better than decent. Also, I think that this movie is going to absolutely annihilate with Me the too. fans and that it's going to like really, really hit home with the super fans. I agree with you. And I think that this is – I think this is a bunch of different things here. The reason why I think that Marvel – this is showing this this lower tracking because two – as you said before, you said 250 is a big number. It is, but not not as far as a big blockbuster movie, like a really big number. Normally, like if you're like, "Wow, this thing's gonna," I don't think it's gonna make a billion dollars anymore. I did, I did at one point, but like um, now, maybe, maybe. But you got to have like a close to like a five hundred million dollar opening weekend or uh, global, yeah. to get close to that so fast. Um, because two fifty, and and like they said, it's way off from the from the sequel. And I don't think this has anything to do with the Guardians stuff. I think this has to do with the Marvel fatigue. I think this is that. Marvel Marvel has not been delivering lately and it's just like it's the TV shows have been disappointing the movies have been fairly disappointing and I think people are like okay you know fool me once shame on me you know so it's like or other way around yeah but we're close I always mess up. I always do the George Bush to it. Yeah. I always George Bush it. Fool, fool me, me too tight. Fool me once. You can't fool me fool again. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't get fooled again. Don't get fooled uh, again. But yeah. I just even even though we're so far past this we're still talking about a movie about a tree and a raccoon yeah. making $250 million. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah, like for, for characters that 10 years ago not one person knew. Yeah. And I, Okay, okay, I understand at home. Some of you guys are like, I knew. No, 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 but it was, it was you know what I know. mean. Yes. Are you racist against trees and raccoons? Oh, I really am. I really am. It's still an unbelievable feat that James Gunn has done here. I mean, like, if this opens up to $250 million, then he should really be patting himself on the mother effing back. Well, yeah, it's, well, it's, I mean, 250 <laughs> the, what I think is going to carry over here is that people, because I've saw it even in whether it's the out of theater reaction, the non spoiler review, people were like, I didn't. I wasn't as hyped because of the stuff that I've seen with Marvel recently, but I I don't know. Maybe I'll go check this one out. I think this is one that people are going to go back and check out because of word of mouth. This is a fantastic movie. I don't. I think the twenty percent of the critics are out of their minds. Out of their minds. I think they're out of their minds. But it's, it's sad. The movie has a more solemn tone at times. Yeah. And oh, you I mean think, the movies? Yeah. 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 It's sad. <laughs> You're seeing the, the, the fact that the critics, critics are said sad. sad. sad too, though. Yeah. No. But yeah, it is. It's got. They seem to have put put a lot into this. I mean, you've got a ride at Disneyland. You've got yeah. uh, you've got the Christmas special that yeah. came out. I mean, they. But, Which you kind of have to watch to watch this movie. Oh, I really? Have to say. I, I mean, um, I've seen it, so you I don't, don't have to. It helps. There is a reveal in it. Yeah. That yeah. It it is it, helpful. It helps. Um. There, there is something that they not saying it, but I'm assuming no. that's what. You're yeah, yeah, yeah. There's about. a yeah, story. There's a story point at the end that they hit in the Christmas story that they that they make reference to in the movie that if you didn't see the Christmas special, you'd be like, like oh, wait, "What? When did that happen?" I, yeah. yeah, right. But you, it won't lose you. But and it, also the the dynamic between some of the characters yes, too, for sure, yeah, for but, sure, like Dra- Drax and, yeah, uh, Mantis, and Mantis for sure, for sure. absolutely. Yeah. You, you like I would I would recommend seeing the um, Christmas Christmas special if you can beforehand, but you won't will will it lose you. No, not really. But it's a fantastic movie. The runtime, every movie is long these days, so the runtime doesn't to me think it's going to hurt. I it didn't I, feel long at all. No, it didn't. I think this movie is going to do really well. I don't think it crosses a billion anymore. Um, I thought at one point. What do you think? Seven fifty. I think yeah, between seven hundred and seven fifty, and it, which is 
which people will it's pretty a, good. It's hilarious now though that people will say if it doesn't hit a billion, that's a failure. Yeah, yeah. see that, and it's like it, that's not how it works. It's like it's the amount of money that the budget costs plus the marketing, that then then you see what it does. But I am. Um, yeah, I think 250 global. I'm very curious to see what it does. And it has no competition until Fast and Furious comes out. And it's the summer movie season kind of kicking off. People are forgetting that. It officially kind of kicks off tonight. Yeah, damn. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, all my friends that um, didn't see it for the critic screening, they're all going on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. They're going to love it. I mean, yeah. I really do. I love it. And I think that this is the one thing that I said. Like, when I walked out of Ant-Man, Quantumania, I was like, look, I enjoyed the science fiction element. I thought it was really crazy and kind of sloppy at the end and, and chaotic. And I don't think everyone's going to like this movie. I think this is going to be one of those movies that people are going to be like, it's going to be divisive. This is the opposite. I think that just for the critics, I think this is going to be a high scoring 95% for, for fans. And I think the critics. It was so good. Yeah, I think the critics are going to start keep going down. I don't know what it is with the critics, about what they were expecting for, for this one. But this, this was the one where I realized as I saw some of the, critics posting stuff i said this is where when people say to me even though i go and i review movies i, I am not a critic because yeah. i i can't for the last few movies that i've seen i have been so on the opposite page on some of the critics whether it was mario or these other things i am not a movie critic i really am not i'm just someone who gives my opinions uh, afterwards after i see a movie whether you like and like anybody else does and then we, i guess everybody's a critic then right but a critic the way they analyze it and see certain things that ain't me what'd yeah. your daughter think she loved it she loved it. She was she was she was emotional. She saw one and two. Yeah, yeah. She saw one and two and, and loved those two. But she she was definitely she she cried a few times um, for you know what was just in general things going on. It's an emotional movie, and I said it, and I we made a short out of it. I don't think this is for kids under ten years old. It they hit some dark issues in I this bet. one. Yeah. So um, and you think the first two are? Yeah, I think more more so than than this one. This one this one definitely goes darker than the other two. Mm. Um, okay. It's that time, man. Um, Roxy Stryer has been doing television stuff with us for a bit. And one of those shows that she told us about was Shrinking. She had recommended it a couple different times. And I had, I had kind of stumbled upon the first episode and liked it. But it gets significantly better. And I think that Harrison Ford is doing some of his best work ever. Like ever. Um, Bill Lawrence is one of the creators of the show and obviously known for Scrubs and Cougar Town and a bunch of other things, and and his wife, uh, Krista Miller, is really, really a fantastic comedic actress, fantastic actress in general. And so we had the opportunity to have her in studio to talk about shrinking, to talk about a lot of different things, and we were so happy to do that because she's just she's she's super pleasant, just amazing, funny. And I'm not going to tell you about it anymore. I'm just going to let you see it. Here you go. All right, Roxy was not lying. As I told you guys, you guys know I have not shut up about shrinking. I keep talking about it, and if you don't watch it, you're a moron. Um, it's, a, <laughs> it's an absolutely incredible show, and I love it, and I can't wait for you guys to now be introduced to Krista Miller, who you probably already know from whether it's Scrubs or Drew Carey or uh, so many different shows and so many different things she's done, but she is Liz on Shrinking. I'm so excited to have her on the show. Krista, how are you? I'm well, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us, and we have the Roxinator with us as well. Don't worry, everybody. She was so mad at me if I if I if I talk to you without it because Chris, it's the she, truth. it is. She was telling me so. She does a television segment on our show. She recommends all the shows, and she watches everything right away. And she's like, "You have to watch Shrinking." How long did I, I say know. it to you for? 
every since it came out every day. Why so, wouldn't you believe her right away? Because he I, doesn't I, trust me. What happened? I don't know. So it's not true. I'm just I'm I'm i You understand? I'm a parent. I have two kids. Yeah. I watch what I, I can. Three. I yes. watch shrinking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What's your excuse? <laughs> I guess my excuse sucks so far. Yes, yeah, so far. Um, but so you what, watch one recommendation out of every 100 I give you, yeah. and I sold shrinking so hard that you finally watched and it. And it literally had everything in it that would be tailor-made for me, like everything about it. But I'll tell you what I love about the show is that it's not only – it's this, it's the comedy aspect of it, obviously, from the cast alone. But when you look at it, you go, okay, can these particular characters start to go into this cliche thing? And they never do. It always goes on to this road of it, of the mix of drama and good comedy and real situations. So obviously, um, like when did you first, because with your husband coming up with the show with, with Jason, and did you like see the seeds from the beginning of? What happened was Brett Goldstein was, uh, I, you know, he's one of my boyfriends. Right. So one of my questions, obvious, yeah. obviously. So um, that that's that. But he and, and I became we all became friendly, the three of us. And then he was writing a script and he's and, and Bill goes, you know, it's so funny. It's so cute. Bill's uh, Brett's writing a show about therapy and he has a character in it named Krista. He's writing a few of them. I was like, oh, for sure, we're going to run off together for sure. <laughs> But then when and I wanted to do, I was like, I want to do Brett's script. I want to do Brett's script. And Bill's like, well, first of all, we're in the, in, you know, it was right when the pandemic ended, and he's like, you're getting other things. I'm like, I just want to do that. And then Bill wanted to sh- write a show about therapy that his was more comedy based, and Brett's was dark. And they were like, let's do it together. And then from then on, I wanted to do it. Sure. And also, it's, I'm going to say this in the in the legal way, <laughs> it's loosely based. On my psychiatrist. Stutz. Stutz. Phil Stutz. It's my psychiatrist. I, okay, so that blew me away when I found that out. So that is for the people <laughs> for who don't know. years. Yeah. I, I listed that as a top 10 movie of last year that Jonah Hill made with Stutz. So Harrison Ford's character is based on your actual shrink. Exactly. Legally, he's loosely based on a lot of different people. <laughs> and Allegedly. Um, allegedly. 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 You know, it's, it could be a, a many number of people. Yeah. If but, they hung out a room, they go, well, you, know, you guys have some similarities. Right. So Stutz and then um, – right. So – and my whole family, because I've been seeing him for 23 years, knows all the tools and the things and we all do the thing. And Mike Stutz comes to our house for Thanksgiving. Oh, my gosh. And for dinners and is so probably inappropriate in psychiatrist world. But we're – close and my kids love him and my kids have a problem they'll call him you know we're kind of in that um world so i was just like as soon as it was going to be about stuts and cognitive therapy which i think is so much more helpful than regular therapy that you're just talking and someone says how do you feel about that um i was in i mean i was really like because we they were ready to go probably 10 months before we started shooting. I mean, I was in before they had sold it. I was like, oh, it's going to get sold. I mean, for sure someone's going to buy it. What made you know that? I just knew it. I just knew it was so good. I think, you know, Brett and Bill have a a kind of a different comic sensibility, even though we all laugh and have the same sense of humor. They're just different. And and then when Jason came on board, I just knew that – I, I just knew it was going to be great. You said that you, so have you in your past had that kind of feeling for particular shows you were involved with? Or was it really this one that you just kind of knew? Like this was, because you just there's certain shows that just work, and this show just works. 
Thank you. I mean, I don't think anyone, that's why I hate, you know, I feel like critics have gotten so mean now. You know, they just will be, I don't read reviews, good or bad, but that my friends tell me, you know, that have project that they get so mean as it gets personal and they'll hate people. And I think, you know, no one's trying to be bad in a bad movie. You know, everybody, if you even an indie, you don't know. And something can go awry that the director doesn't do it or there's what like for some reason, the sure. cinematographer doesn't work. But no one's trying to not make something great. I mean, for the most part, I would unless you're doing something just for the money. But this show, I, I remember once like in the middle of this, I turned to Jason and I go, am I crazy? But is like or, this feels like special. And he said, I know. But, you know, you never know. And yeah. And well, I mean, listen, so I, I, was, I was just talking about this before. I avoided COVID for three years. Didn't catch it. Was f- finally caught it about two months ago. And I was leveled. I was out. And, you know, you binge. And shrinking put me in such a better mood because I was hurting. And I was, I was laughing so hard throughout it. But I was also just like, it's, it's, it's loss. It's, I lost my brother a couple years ago. I'm so sorry. And, thank you. And, um, and, between that and being able to have a deal with it in your own way and and using humor because uh, something that my whole family has done, obviously, and watching that and how that's kind of shaped in this. But everything that you guys did and the moments that Liz kind of pops up on screen to where she – she has this purpose is to take care of, of Jason's daughter in the, in the, in the, 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 the show, and that's kind of taken away from her. At a at a second, and she's got to figure it out. So she has to find her own purpose, and it's it is it's like discovery of of like your own self throughout the entire show for each character. I thought for each character, and I think you know it's interesting with this show. Like we went away for the weekend a couple of weeks ago, and you know people weren't coming like kind of a selfie like right away because you think don't you have a moment and just talk? But people are like, I lost someone, yeah. or my friend lost someone, and they I told them to watch this show and. I think they're very careful. The writers are very, very careful in checking with um, psychiatrists and, you know, like to get all the therapy stuff and the grief things down properly. I think they're really careful with that. Can I just tell you something funny, though? So I didn't get COVID. Now, obviously, also. Just wait. (laughs) (laughs) Jump the gun. Sorry. (laughs) So also, I'm with a, a kid. I have kid, a kid that's in high school, like a kid in college. You know, I'm seeing people. I'm working, and even though they're testing every day, I've been with people. Sure. We're at Warner Brothers. People are dropping like flies. So then we went to the Vanity Fair Oscar party, which was really fun, by the way. It was really fun. Yeah. But my husband got COVID, and he and I was like, I and I think because I hadn't gotten it that I clearly must have superior genes and I should probably join a study. Yeah. Right? Like I, I should, I should yeah. probably the call. X-Men. They're doing a study in New York. Yeah. And I was like, I should probably submit. Um, and then Bill said, and then I started feeling a little nose. I was like, it's allergies. And I was testing. It was negative. And Bill's like, I can't wait for you to fucking get COVID <laughs> and you stop with your superior genes. <laughs> and let me just tell you, so I test, I wrote the, the, the two lines couldn't have been, it was like the most pregnant of COVID you could be. Oh. And I was the crushing disappointment that I don't have superior genes <laughs> and that my husband only had it for four days and worked the whole time. And I was laid out for 10 Ooh, days. It kicked my ass. It was so it rude. Was bad. I was really 
that really, it, my ego really took a huge blow. I'm well, so sorry for you guys. I've had it three times. So <laughs> it must be really, really difficult for you. Well, I'll tell you my ego though, uh, my ego, um, it, it absolutely made me laugh though watching it. So your ego should actually be boosted up here because I was, it, it got me out of a bad place where it was because it kicked my ass. Like I was, I was, and the line that got me, the scene with you and Harrison at that party, Talk to me about that because holy shit, that is some funny stuff, man. That was my, I mean, that was the most fun show to do. I I love that episode, but Harrison on the couch, stoned, and me (laughs) getting, and it was like our first, not, I'd worked with him before, but like another, a bigger thing. And we were just on that couch the whole week together. And we were laughing so hard. I mean, Harrison's, that I got Harrison too stoned. And be able to sit with him on a couch was my favorite thing ever. I'm sure, and and he's. I'm not he, going to be able to beat that. No, and he's no. a notorious pot smoker. Anyway, you never know. Um, but You're like, going to try to beat it though, because there is a season two that is coming. You guys were picked up, for, so congratulations on you. that. I was so excited to hear that, and then a little nervous, of course, with the recent news about the WGA strike. Yeah. Do you know how that's affecting you guys at all? Well, none of us are going to um, cross a picket line, so we're not unless they. Um, resolve it. We're not going back to work, so that's a bummer. Yeah. So they have, they have to, I they mean, have to. They have to. I mean, shrinking. Yeah. I mean, we got it right. We got to get it back. Listen, I feel like I'm. I just want to be clear that I don't write the show at all. So I feel like me being proud of the show. I'm not trying to be braggy about the show because I don't write it at all. Have no, no input. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> you, but again, you're, you're just, pro- no, but you're part of the ensemble that that makes the show exactly what the reason why it works. It's, it's a team, and the team is. I think you should absolutely be proud of of, of the things you're saying. I don't think you were coming off of saying you were writing it okay. at all. I didn't. Thank I didn't you. No, not at all. I think that when you're in the scene though, and you're able to create those moments, so like because there's a specific thing that you guys say. Take that scene with you and Harrison at the party. It's like. It's the chemistry that you guys have to have. It's the moment. It's the timing. So you may not have written the scene, but you make this. You made that scene as special as it was. Well, thank you. Yeah. I do think Bill has a really and his he has great casting people that he's worked with forever since Scrubs Forever, um, Debbie Romano and Brett. He has a really great way of casting different people that you want to because it, when people come up to me too, which I love, everyone had and my daughter's friends and my daughter, everyone has a different character that they like yeah which is great to have to have that appeal to different i had a little we have an easter party and i had a 12 year old boy sarah chalk's little boy come up and said that's my favorite show shrinking i I was like i can't believe this 12 year old boy saying this that's great do you have a favorite character um no i like i mean i'm whoever i'm working with that day is my favorite character yeah you mentioned scrubs briefly and I, i have to ask you because i heard your husband about a year ago say there will be some form of a reboot at some point. Yeah. What would you want to see? Oh, guys, we got to do a Scrubs reboot, and we got to get Bill on it. And Bill is getting annoyed because now I have everyone say it all the time. I feel like it should be a movie, hmm. but I don't know. Maybe it's just a long-form something. I yeah, don't know. Look at like something like what Dexter just did, right? Dexter had that one kind of one-off uh, series. You know, last, Another last... one you binged during your COVID yes, period. <laughs> 100%. But it's just, but it, but it had, okay, look, everybody wants wants to see it. Let's do let's do one more. Why not do something like that? And we're like all friends. Yeah. I can only imagine that we would have way too much fun. Yeah, and clearly Zach just directed a few of the episodes on on shrinking as well. Yeah. Too, so yeah. So um, what makes that kind of, if you guys kind of are all into it, what is the thing that's stopping it from happening 
thing now. Um, I just need to know. Right, as let a me tell my husband's person. schedule. Yeah, tell me. So when we were doing shrinking, he was also doing a show for Apple with Vince Vaughn called Bad Monkey, mm-hmm. which was an hour, and in Miami in the Florida Keys. So he would fly back and forth, and just, we have kids and see kids and mm-hmm. be shrinking and doing writing. And now he went right from editing shrinking to I mean he can't do it now because he's working, but editing. Bad Monkey and writing new shrinking episodes. This is my husband's schedule. Right. He hasn't had a day off in ever. Yeah, he's there writing. You know, doing everything. It's a lot, and I think that one of the things, though, too, where you I heard you mention it before, and just want to get a clarification on it as well, was that first of all, thank you guys for bringing Ty McGinley back into my life. Uh, he, Comedy assassin. He really, really is, and, <laughs> and there's so much I relate to. By the way, too, there was there's a certain thing. <laughs> He's pissing on the balcony, and and you come out like stop pissing at the flowers. <laughs> and but the things where he's it just you relate it, to that, Chris. I do. That's you. <laughs> we had, we had, there I was know. there was something that happened. I, I, I'm going to say a couple of years ago. That's the only oh, thing. Yeah. But I told my wife about it. I told her this, it's certainly it's just a relationship that you guys have. But no, the thing that I related to is the idea that he's like, look, I'm going to be home soon, and you're like, I don't. You should find stuff to do. He's like. No, you should find some stuff to do. It's this relationship, this back and forth that they have. But his timing and the stuff that he doesn't bring him back to where he's not just kind of – and that's what I meant, the kind of cliche road it could have went. It could have been he's just the dopey husband that right. does – he's not. He's he's a really smart uh, dude who just – he's just kind of – you know, sometimes he's a little lackadaisical. Sometimes he just knows what he wants. And I love how kind of laissez-faire he is. It's great. Uh, you know why I love Ted? I mean really Bill has been trying to cast him – Forever, and he's brought got him so close to things, and it's been so frustrating. And this show, they were thinking of all different like comedians and yeah. different. And I said, well, first of all, it's got to be someone handsome. Let's just let's just start. <laughs> let's get like I want to have a nice. Come on, who am I going to be married? I'm as cute as a button. I'm going to be married to someone handsome. Yes, you are. Right? Yep. Thank you. Yep. And got um, you. and then he goes, oh my god, he called me up from work. He goes, what about Ted McGinley? I'm like, oh my god, hire him right now. He goes, and we can just, he doesn't have to test, he doesn't do anything, and we get him on as a recur. Oh, love this. And then everyone fell in love with him. He's also really lovely to work with. Like, yeah. we've had also the dramatic stuff. Like, we have great chemistry. Yeah. And I also think that I didn't want to play the cliche of, like, having the annoying husband, even though she he bugs her sometimes. I think they have a great sex life. I think they have a sex, because, you know, I think they have a sexy life and love each other. Yeah. Like, why does it have to be a marriage that, you know, one person's annoyed and they're, the sex yeah. life doesn't work. And they're annoyed by each other. So some, you can get an, you get annoyed with people in marriage, but it's also it's a matter of how much they love each other. You can tell how much they love each other. You can tell how much they know each other. That's the whole thing. They know each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so speaking of casting, though, so you know, obviously, right away. So your husband says we need Tim McGinley. You go out and get him. Yeah. How does the Harrison thing come? Oh about? my god. So we're so we're. Bill was just like, you know, it would be great. And also my Stutz says, yeah. I'm just going to retire. Jonah Hill made a, a documentary about him and Harrison Ford's playing him, allegedly. 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 Um, he was like, I'm retiring. I mean, what else? I mean, Phil is like from New York. You know, he's like this New York kid. Anyway, um, so Bill said, they brought up Harrison Ford He's also our, our neighbor, but he's like I, they. We kind of know him a little. Brought up Harrison Ford. Is Harrison Ford at, is your neighbor. Okay. No, yeah. Okay. He goes. We they brought up Harrison Ford. I'm like, oh my god, he'd be perfect. You should get Harrison Ford. You should get Harrison Ford. And he's like, he's not gonna do it. Just relax. But he happened to be in London, and Brett was in London, and you know Brett's the greatest guy of all time. As I told you, my boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Of so we all right. on the Makes same sense. page. And Brett was there, and um, uh, Harrison was doing um, Indiana Jones. 
And so he said to, he liked the script. And he goes, well, um, I'll meet. And also, Brett is friends with Phoebe Waller-Bridges yeah. that wrote Indiana Jones, one of the yep. writers, right? And she told Harrison, and she, Phoebe knows Bill. Oh, Bill and, and Brett are the best. You should totally meet with Brett. They went, Brett said he immediately, Harrison immediately drunk him under the table and was like, I think I want to do it. And that was it. We were like, what? You know, then it was crazy. That is crazy because like, you know, again, 15, 20 years ago, you hear about certain people doing television. You're like, no, it's never going to happen. Right now it's like, who's next? Right. And then Harrison, what a year with 1923 plus this show. And I, I love 1923. I love it. I think this is, I said this to, you know, I'm an Indiana Jones guy. I think that this is the best work he has done. And uh, since, you know, like it, Raiders of the Lost Ark is still, it's like my thing, but like, and he's done everything, but there's something about what he's doing. It's that classic Harrison Different. Ford. But yeah. it's, it's, and I've seen him do comedy, but not like this. No. And he's funny. And you know what he says? He's actually really, he's so, the, the, I mean, from the second he comes on, he's every man. Like he's like, oh, I'm just a regular actor, but he is, um, he says afterwards, this is the most fun job I've oh, ever had. Like that. he goes Until. in the writing and he said, I didn't know. And I think he likes that, you know, TV moves faster and we're, we have fun with him and he's very funny in real life. He's very dry and very funny. You have to be to pull that off what he's doing. You have to be like that. So the line that got me was, and I, I've been quoting Roxy's sick of me saying it, but I was, no. I, I rewound it so many different times. <laughs> Who wants the pancakes? Fuck yeah, some pancakes. <laughs> Killed me. Killed me. He I, just says that out of the blue now yeah, all the time. All the time. But how yeah. did you guys, because I heard you, you know, you'd mentioned that in order to find out if, if a take is working, you hear, like, you know, the crew. You want to hear the crew. But the problem is our Rodney Dangerfield Caddyshack thing is they got to stay quiet until until cut. Yeah, so that's why Bill is horrible on set and, and Zach is too. Like, if you're doing something funny, especially if they've, like, pitched a joke just because why – some people are great on set is because like Bill, especially we missed him when he was doing bad monkey, but he'd mm -hmm. be on an iPad. Sometimes he'd be like, that joke's not working. He has no ego about that. Try this, try this line. And he'll throw out lines that are so funny. And also he'll whisper lines to us to say, so the other person doesn't know. Yeah. And then if it, goes over bill starts screaming laughing and zach does and they have to try to be quiet because ruin the you know take, and, and they ruin the take but the crew will be after they'll say cut and you can hear the crew laughing or you hear crickets i mean that's emotional yeah. stuff you just know you kind of know it worked or didn't work right. but again jason everyone jason jessica harrison will say oh that was great i love working with you i yeah. mean this is that's the vibe on the set the show is doing so many things. Like Christian spoke about, it spoke to him after losing his brother. I lost my mom recently. Not that recently. I guess it was 10 years ago. But it speaks to a lot of people who go through major losses. But it's also really funny. What do you feel like you hope people take away from the show? Like, what do you want the show's purpose to be? Um, I just feel like, you know, I feel like... Uh, a friend, a very, very close friend of mine just lost her sister a month ago. And it's it's hard to know what to say. And then I was like, on Sunday, I was like, do you want to come watch comedy with me? And she had other friends. She was going to a different comedy show. And I thought, you know, people do laugh in the grief. 
you know, and it's okay. And I think we feel guilty about it and it's okay to laugh a little. Yeah. And it's also, I think after the pandemic, I think more and more people, um, a lot, I know a lot of my friends be like, I think I'm going to therapy. I'm thinking of, um, do you know the therapist? I think, you know, more people, more people went to therapy. And I think why I mentioned that Stutz is my psych- psychiatrist and I'm quite a private person is that I just think the onus, the, just the whole thing that needs to be taken away. Yeah. You know, that it's an embarrassing thing. You know, Phil really changed my life and allows me to be a better mom and wife and be happy. Yeah. And um, you've been, and you've been saying, and you, you, you since said, Charlotte was about six months old. About six months old. Okay. Um, wow. Did you watch yeah. the movie Stutz? Yeah. Well, is it weird? I, I can only imagine because I have a therapist and I've never seen my therapist with anybody but me. I was very jealous. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> I was so jealous. And I now every time he's talking, it's your favorite. I go, what the fuck with this yeah. Jonah Hill? I'm so irritated. <laughs> I don't even want to know right. that he sees other people. And he sees really cool people. But. It seems like. But I mean, <laughs> what a, what, and in general, it's just, it's just listening to stuff that you – because Perry was in here before, and you guys had a really great conversation. Just the career that you had is just is is incredible, and the stuff that you've worked on, and the comedies that you've been involved with, and you've worked on obviously network television. Now you've with the streaming age now, and in, in the height of streaming age, you're on Apple. Do you have a preference as far as like how network kind of works and how streaming works? The streaming networks is. Well, I can only say that Apple's just been so lovely to us, and no one's down there. You don't. We're not doing any table reads or giving yeah. notes they trust Bill, which I don't, you know, I don't know you? if it's Bill or yeah. their, um, Apple's been really lovely to work with, but I've worked with Warner Brothers for, since Drew Carey, and they've always been fantastic to work with. Uh, I've never had an issue with like different, yeah. so, some, some network or studio being um, a problem. I think it's also like just, Maybe like the creative on, on how it works because it always it's, it seems to me you obviously you know better than I do but when it comes to character development I feel on these on these on the streaming shows like I think what's so I think one of the reasons why television is more so where it's at even than movies to be honest and I was and I, I'm a big movie buff but you can develop so much in character that like I think that back again twenty years ago in front of a studio audience was was t- not that you couldn't do it but tougher to do because it's it's it seems more cinematic now. You know what's what's great is that you know when you're doing and I know from Bill when he would do when he would do Scrubs you have to get it to like twenty you know like twenty four minutes right. or twenty two right. minutes because yeah. there's commercials so you're just you know you're just tightening and he's like taking out stuff taking out character development getting the jokes in having it move well getting all of it in and with being on a streaming, it's still a half-hour comedy, but it can come in at 30 minutes. Right. It can come in at 32 minutes. I mean, you don't want to go really past that because it'll be too long. But So you, you have a little breathe. more room to keep let some of the moments sit. Right. And I'm used to rushing a little bit, you yeah. know, of making sure you get the joke. And, and now I, I really like learning shrinking. Like I can sit with it for a second, take my time. Yeah, it's like being on stage for for stand up, and it's like you've got you've got twenty minutes as opposed to eight, and you can do the you have the, you have that time. Like the other day, we 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 just done a live show, and it was like I had more time to breathe and take those moments and take those pauses because it's like yeah, because like you said, it's like you can still hit those jokes in that amount of time, but the shorter amount of time, but you really got to take your you got to use the rhythm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we talked earlier about how no, you don't write for the show, but I think a lot of people don't know your involvement with your music, not just yeah. on this show, but a lot of different shows. 
I credit you, you don't have to say this, but I credit you for finding Ed Sheeran, at least for me, because with Cougar Town, I mean, that's unbelievable. Who else do you feel like career-wise you found really early on? Um, Josh Radin. Oh, mm. big one. And then we brought back, you know, I'd always loved Colin Hay. I would see him at Largo. And then he, we put his song on, he kind of had a revival of, yeah. and he's so fun. If anyone, if you ever want to see him live, he's so funny and so good. Um, Foster the People, Pumped Up Kicks was nowhere. Oh, and I wow. put that on. That's huge too. Where are you, what are you doing? Just everywhere you go, listening, listening? I go down wormholes. I have a daughter, Charlotte Lawrence, who's mm-hmm. yeah, of a course. singer-songwriter, mm-hmm. and she'll send Unbelievably me- successful. Congratulations. Thank you. And she'll send me th- music. Her boyfriend is a very successful producer, Andrew Watt, um, and uh, he's just been playing with Iggy Pop. He's a musician and a producer. And uh, he, I, I get music from people, and then I'll go down wormholes. And then I, I go... There's different places where I go. Um, but I, I try to... Like, I'm doing that work now... For the next season. Right. So I bank the music. I have my favorites that I want to use. But again, like there was 10 favorites from last season that I couldn't use because for some reason they just don't fit in the, in the scene. You, right. So you put them in like, you put them in a place. I, I, they're, still, they're still new enough that I could hold them. Yeah. But you know when it works when you get goosebumps yep. and then I give it to Bill and Bill's like, well, that, that's great. That works. Well, so how does that, because I'm, that's to me, that's like. One of my dream things. I do that. I, it's I, the most I, fun. It's so much by fun. By the way, if Bill will call me up, like he's doing Bad Monkey Note. And uh, I have a partner, by the way, I don't work, named Tony Von Purview. I don't work by myself. But he and Tony's taking the lead on Bad Monkey. But Bill will call up and say, you got to look at the scene. Okay. It's all on my thing. And you got to do this thing. I'm not getting eight hours can go by. Yeah. And I have no idea where the time went. It's the most fun job. I love that. And that was, you answered my next question was that, that you, so you get sent like the scene. And so, because, you know, obviously there's some people that if they're, if they're writing a particular thing, then they, they can write to the music. But if you're looking at this particular single, you know, it would work there is this. And, and yeah. so sometimes maybe there's one that you had from like, I don't know. Sometimes you can use this song from 10 years ago if it still fits. And not on shrinking. Not on shrinking. I mean, we do, we have. And I'll do for Harrison, I'm yeah. allowed to. Yeah. But we really are trying to keep it. Because I feel like, I know this sounds cheesy, but music has given me so much of my life. And I feel like, you know, being able to start, it's, it gives someone a help yeah. to someone's career that it's like something that I can do to give back. And I was talking to Ben Gibbard, who's the lead singer for Death Cab for Cutie. And yeah. he produced Charlotte's last album. And he he wrote and with Tom Howe the, um, and produced the theme song. That's been for shrinking. Yeah. for shrinking. And he said to me, you know, when we were starting, you used a Death Cab song on Scrubs and we were still going to like little venues and that money. I remember he said something it bought. He was able to buy an amp or something like that and kept us all going because that is a chunk of money you yeah. get for clearing. And he said, it's such a gift. And I just thought, so I like to use New, yeah, I get new it. bands. Yeah, I get Harrison, it. though, not so much. Right. But and I love. I've got so much fun. Yeah, but that fits the character too. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. So with music, where does that obviously with your with your daughter being super talented in music and the where where did that come from inside of uh, your family, like with musicians? My, well, you know, my mom had me when she was young. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like just a week turned twenty. Okay, when I was born. And uh, she was a supermodel, and so she was exposed to a lot of cool music. And we only had cool in our very like conservative house, but we had cool music. And um, and then in New York, I used to fill in for this DJ at a club my friend owned. And so when he would take a break, and I would love it. And then and I've 
just it's always been my thing. And also, since there's a Walkman, anything I've so whatever iteration of that, yeah. I would walk around New York listening to music. It was your therapy before Stutz. Well, yeah, it was my therapy before Stutz. <laughs> also, you used to um, go to SNL as a kid, correct? Yes. It, that must have been exposure to all different kinds of oh, music. Oh, I saw every band. Oh, and you, cool. when you go to the musical rehearsal, there's no one there. So it's wow. like the, the class. Do you remember anybody? Oh, my gosh. Duran Duran. Oh, Duran Duran, because we were in love. I was in Duran Duran. I'm in my high school varsity jacket and with my friend from high school watching Duran Duran, and no oh. one's in the audience but like Simon LeBond's mom. <laughs> I was like, this is the best. That's cool. Um, I have to thank you once again. What a, what an absolutely great show this is. I can't wait. Uh, hopefully, this the strike is is done. You guys, everybody, all the writers get what they deserve. Um, and I can't wait for season two. I cannot wait. Thank you so much for giving us the laughs and everything that you have. And thank you for coming in to share your time today. Thank you so much. I'm so flattered. And I will pass along your kind words to Bill. Please do. Please do. And thank to Stutz. And to Stutz. And to Stutz. <laughs> all right, guys. Once again, Krista Miller, check it out. If you have not checked out Shrinking, do it, do it, do it. All right. Back to me, Roxy and Brett. Here you go. All right, there's our interview with Krista Miller. She was cool, wasn't she? Yeah, she was awesome. Really great. Really great. East Coast vibes. It was, and I think that that was what was so fun about that was that you got a chance to – you were here and – Yeah, it's always fun to see because I I get a little nervous because you guys have done this a lot. And I I go, oh, yeah, oh, I know who that is. Oh, wow, wow, you know, scrubs and, you know. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to act all casual. I'm setting up the camera, telling her about her mic and stuff. And she's just so cool so and cool. so laid back. Yeah. And like, you know, there was a little hiccup about certain timings. Things. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was like, she's like, oh, yeah, let's do it. And wanted to, I think she generally really wanted to go a little longer than she did. It was a, it was a great interview. It was and a great a lot conversation. Of and I think Roxy and I knew because so Perry and I have been working together for a little bit. We're, we've been. You'll see that Perry will also be interviewing her on Collider, and she's been shooting stuff from uh, at the studio. So we were watching Perry's interview with Krista and Roxanne. I looked at each other and we said, "Oh, this is going to be this is going to be fun and a breeze because you can just tell she's a conversationalist." Yeah, totally. She was very, very like open, yeah. and, but she also didn't do that thing that sometimes happens with people who are open where they talk forever about one question. Like right. she knew exactly how to do it. It was interesting. I was listening to her in an interview. Um, a little bit ago and she was talking about how nervous she gets to go on talk shows yeah. and because she's like doesn't get nervous to act but she gets nervous because she like doesn't know what the questions are and I was thinking I, we should have told her afterwards there's nothing to be nervous about she's like great at it she's just the, so she's so great really at good it. at it and I think yeah. that's yeah so uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode or the interview rather we had a great time talking to her and she was uh, on the way out she's like once season two comes out I gotta come back I was like you you better yeah. Like, so season, if you haven't seen season one, I, I wanted to bring Bill too. I have so many oh, questions for him, and they've me? been doing some interviews together oh. recently. And I'm like, oh, I'd let's go. So anyway, make sure you check it out. Uh, the show, if you haven't seen season one, please watch it. It's so good. Speaking of TV, yeah, Roxinator is here to bring us the latest and greatest in television of stuff that I will watch probably immediately tonight. Yeah, so I recommended Shrinking to you, and finally you watched it, so you're going to take my picks on all these? I'll watch every single one. Great. Uh, this first one, then, you actually should be watching, because you know the creator behind this. Who's this? I'm talking about Working Moms. Oh. Working Moms finally dropped its last season on Netflix, so if you live in Canada, you got to see this final season a little bit ago, but for us in this country, uh, we just got it on Netflix, and I binged the entire final season in one night. 
because oh uh, she's hilarious man. i've loved this show yeah. i think it is it's interesting because i'm not a mom and i know that they are so geared towards working moms i also heard this final season annihilated it was like in the top in so many different really countries good. yeah um and so i think it's very relatable because it's got a group of moms who work mm-hmm. all different jobs whether they um take hiatus from that or not and how they deal with all yeah. of it so it's a very universal obviously show but i'm not a mom and i still think it's like one of the funniest shows on tv they really put themselves out there and i was so impressed with this final season i really feel like they could do another one though why is it the final did they say i don't know netflix it's, likes to pull the plug fast huh? i think it's um not bbc what what the fuck's uh, uh cdc cbc c what is the whatever Shit's creek and yeah, okay, um kim's yeah, convenience canadian, and yeah yeah, right? yeah, I yeah forget, I canadian, canadian broadcast okay. cbc Somebody out Canada there, and know. Europe and all those and Korea, and, but they don't like to do. No, they don't like to bur- run things into the ground. They like did like we seven do. seasons or something. Though, but it's just like I, I wish it could have gone forever. Yeah, yeah so I Catherine, love these characters. Catherine Wright was the first Schmozno, um co-host that Mark and I had for at least about a year or so. And she's a great creator. She really is. She has a great guest appearance in the final episode that uh, I don't want to spoil for oh, people, okay. but yeah. it, that's awesome. So. Yeah. She's just awesome and live, uh, you know, living Liv a really Tyler. great legacy for yeah. her family. Well, you know, she was and she was a movie reviewer on, in the space. I was where it was. She Crazy. had yeah, she had a show that it was it was great. It was very creative. The show that she had that she was that Mark and I had guessed on a bunch of different times. You probably could still see it. That's awesome. On there, yeah. Why haven't you introduced us? I haven't talked to her, Catherine. I feel in a like she while. could be my big sister. Yeah, maybe she might. might maybe maybe so. But I'll, I have to, yeah. She wow. used to do guest appearances. You don't and stuff even care about like, me. I'm sorry. I love her. My apologies. What's next? Okay, what's next is a show actually that Ellis texted me. Are you watching? And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch this because it's that show, Love and Death. So I just caught up. There's been three episodes. This is the Candy Montgomery show. And remember, so. I already recommended to you guys watching Candy on Hulu last year. That was Jessica Biel playing Candy Montgomery, known killer Candy Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to give details for those of you guys who don't know, but this is a real true crime story about a woman who is a, a murderer. Um, and last year, Hulu put out an entire series on it. This year... Um, Elizabeth Olsen is playing Candy Montgomery oh, wow. in the show, and it's on HBO Max. Oh, okay. And it's called Love and Death, and three episodes have dropped so far, and then it's going to go to Weekly. And so it's really interesting if you watch that show. Finally, I was like, okay, I'm going to just watch this one to try to compare. So I'm mostly, now that I know the story, I'm mostly like, what are the differences in the way that they're telling sure. it, and what's the difference in the performances? And I have to say, they're both really, really solid. I, I, I think my edge goes to Jessica Biel over Elizabeth Olsen mm-hmm. in this role, but I'm not sure... Both uh, great. Definitely, yeah, both great. so, so good. And different okay. takes on the character. All right, what's So I'm next? excited to keep looking at that one. I'll keep you guys posted on how it goes. This next show is a show that popped up on my Netflix last night, and I was like, what the fuck is this? I guess I'm just going to binge as much as I can right now. I am three episodes deep, and the show is called Jewish Matchmaking. Have either of you guys heard of this? No. Uh, no. Okay, this is a... Racist. What? <laughs> yep. <clears throat> A bunch of saying a bunch of anti Semites. Clearly, you don't want <clears throat> Jewish matchmaking. This is exactly what it sounds like. There uh, is there's an age old tradition in the Jewish culture with matchmakers that go okay. around and matchmake people. Uh, this one matchmaker is going around all different cities and matchmaking Jews with Jews, and they have all different kinds of Jews. Some of them are Orthodox. Some of them are like me. Um, some of them are 
mid-conservatives. Some of them want to be with somebody who's Israeli. Some of them don't want to be with somebody who's Israeli. Like, all different things. And so it's a matchmaking show. It's a dating show. So far, I'm intrigued by it because it's just showing so many different kinds of Jews. And some of them I'm, like, really annoyed by and just like, oh, you guys, it's so not what everybody's like. But then some of them are like me. There's this one girl who's this blonde girl. She's 44. She's single. She just never found her person. She takes care of her 100-year-old grandma. Like, she's just, I'm like, oh, my God, that's my soul sister. And she's like, I just didn't find love, and I'm just still looking for it. And it's really beautiful to, like, watch her go on these dates, and you're just rooting for her Mm -hmm. to, like, find her person. Um, So I'm liking the show so far. I'm going to finish it by next week, and I'll tell you guys if it's worth the entire binge. Okay. And then finally. The last one, I have to have it on my list every single week until it's off the air, and that is Succession. I can't stop talking about it. I can't stop watching it. I watch every episode twice. I love this show. Best written, best performed show on TV. They are very lucky they're ending right in time for WGA because, uh, gosh, does this show need mm. its writers. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a- it, they would not survive. Uh, I mean, I have heard nothing but amazing things about it. That's going to so be, be one that I probably – you, do you watch it? No, I'm I'm watching The Glory, which is 16 episodes, so many episodes. of reading. No. Oh. My eyes hurt, but it's so good. It is it's very so good. good. It, that one took me about a month to binge because it was just like that show is dense and yeah, an hour hour each. We're doing like two three a night, and that's pretty much our our okay. viewing. Yeah, yeah. It's I, so a tough watch too. I mean, it, it's glorious. Okay, well, you know what? I just finished um, Blackbird. Singing in the Dead. Did you ever night? watch it? I watched the first episode. I hear it's amazing. It's so good. And it's with Taryn Egerton and uh, and Paul Walter Hauser. That's what just... mm. Jeff Snyder says was the best show of last year. It was pretty damn good. It was pretty damn good. And um, they're both really great in it. Uh, Paul Walter Hauser is terrifying in it. Was like, it the beginning of this year? Or was it the end of last year? Whatever it was. I think it was the end of last year. But uh, it, it, Paul Walter Hauser is terrifying in this role. Okay, I got to watch. It's a true story, by the way. Which is even crazier. Okay, like, damn. Do you do you know this, what the story is? No, no. So uh, not giving a lot away. I mean, this is the premise of the show. This is again a true story that there is this guy who was like the big college athlete and came from this. Uh, his dad was like a was a cop, a you know, very glorified cop, but but still was on the take and all this stuff too. But. He wound up becoming this big college athlete, woman, you know, womanizer and all this stuff, and winds up getting himself involved in drugs and not not taking drugs, dealing drugs and like arms and stuff too. And then he gets caught by the government and gets he. It looks like he's gonna be able to have this deal where he does like four years or whatever. His dad's like, take the deal, you do like four years. The DA really wanted to make an example out of him, and there was like a little hiccup inside of the deal. He winds up doing ten. So he does ten years, and he's like, and he's at this club, but he, but he's like, he's like super charming. This is the Taron Egerton role, and he's super charming. You've seen the first, the yeah. first episode, so he's super charming, and he's and he's basically budding up with everyone, doesn't get himself in the trouble. Paul Walter Hauser is a guy who is um is is a suspected serial killer, and is and so they make they make a deal with Taron Egerton. They go, look, if you can go in to this criminally insane prison, which is Compared to this, where you are now yeah. as a country club, compared to this place, but if you can go in there and you can charm up this guy and get him to tell you where, where because where the rest of these bodies are, because they have they only have them on one one case, and he might get uh, an appeal, and he might be out be out on the street again. But if you can get him to tell you some of this stuff, we'll give you from ten years to nothing. Jeez. 
So he's got to make this decision to do it. And obviously that's the whole premise of the show. But like, and it's a, tr- it's a true story. And I looked and I finished it and I want to like spoil stuff too, because like I have so many questions about the show. All right, I got to binge it. Yeah, you got to. And like, I have like the, the end of what happens of how this all, I'm like, I have, it's like, like, it's like you, have, you have so, I have so many questions, but it's fantastic. Is that another one on Apple? Did you watch the Tetris movie? No, I hear it was really good too. Okay, I'm going to watch that as well too. I haven't seen it. Um, so that's uh, that's also Taryn. Right? That's also Taryn, yeah. But all right, make sure you check out Roxy's picks. She's got them there too. And also, Speak please for leave yourself. You check out Roxy's picks. Mm-hmm. Please make sure that you go and you comment and let us know what you thought of the interview today with Krista Miller. Please, 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 and thank you. It helps us get some more of these interviews. Uh, I appreciate you very much. And we will see you guys on the flip side. For myself and Roxy and Brett, this is The Big Thing. Thank you, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.